The idea is I can be out there kind of relationship building with clients and with referral partners. And I can do that because of the fact that the team can take care of a lot of the processing. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Kurt Henry. Kurt is a mortgage broker out of Oshawa, Ontario. And a buddy of mine had seen Kurt speak at a conference and said, dude, you got to get him on the show. That guy is smart. And he did not disappoint. Kurt does about 300 loans a year. Uh, He still looks really young. He doesn't look stressed out. He's very good on process and team. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So if you're like, how do I scale my business? How do I make it bigger and not be like burnt out or working 80 hours a week? You need to check out this interview with Kurt. Um, I'm also going to have him on again at some point because I really didn't feel like I could get to the all of the questions that I would want. I want to ask him. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. So if you're looking to do a private loan in BC or Alberta, reach out to Style Stewart and the guys there and uh, they'd love to help you out. They've been huge supporters of our community for the last couple of years. And the feedback that I've got from mortgage brokers that have used them has been awesome. So check out PioneerWest.com and tell them you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Kurt, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks. So I've heard really great things about you from one of my buddies in the business, and uh, we had a little brief discussion before we came on, and I'm excited to um, find out more about you, how you build your business. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about sort of how you got into the mortgage business. So I've been in the mortgage business about uh, 12 years, and um, I started with uh, working at uh, National Bank back then. I just kind of went from, went to university, took finance at university, and then went through a co-op program and ended up working with National Bank uh, through that co-op program. And then I stayed with the bank for a couple of years after graduating. So long story short, I kind of went from there to um, being in the mortgage broker space. And then that's what brought me here. So how long have you been acting as a mortgage broker? I think it's been about 10 years, I guess, as a mortgage broker, something like that. And then probably two or three years in okay. at the bank before. And so I, I know, I'm not supposed to ask this, but you're a dude, so I can probably say this. So like, you look like you're like 30 years old. So when did, did you start when you were like 18 or something? Like how, like, uh, how old were you when you started? You don't tell me your age, but tell me how yeah. old you were when you started. And then like, I can just yeah, do math. I, can tell you, I'm, I am 34 uh, right now. Okay. So that, okay, cool. That. Okay. So you started 10 years ago. And so in terms of production, um, we chatted about this. If you're okay sharing, I'd love to know sort of what your production was last year in terms of volume and units. And then what's your goal for this year? Yeah. So uh, last year uh, we did 284 mortgages, which was $93 million in volume. And I'm not by any means as a one person show. It's uh, we have a team that is an amazing team and yeah, and looking forward to sharing that as well. And we're, we're looking to get over that uh, 300 deal mark, hopefully this year. Certainly there's been some challenges with that, but uh, we are working towards that. So 300 deals, what would that equate to in your market? So that would be somewhere around a hundred million or just over a hundred million. Okay. A hundred million dollar club. Sweet. And uh, just out of curiosity, 2016, you remember what you did in 2016? I was trying to, Actually, in 2016, we, we did more than we did in 2017. We did 311 deals in 2016, but the volume was about 90, 91 million. So it's just the average mortgage in our area ended up being higher in 2017. So 
we did uh, slightly less deals, but more volume uh, in 2017. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, as you mentioned already about the team, so I always love chatting with people that are doing, you know, 100 million is a big number. Um, and you're just on the cusp of it. And I'm sure you'll hit it. But it's most cases, there's a team behind you. It's not just one individual working. And I said to you, when we got on before we got on the call, I'm like, I knew you had a team because I could tell by how relaxed you were. Um, and you're like, you're doing 93 million. And you're like, Hey, how's it going, man? And I'm like, okay, dude, there's more than just you because otherwise you're like, Ugh. so tell me about what your team structure looks like. And uh, yeah, so what does that team structure look like? Our team is uh, basically a set of individuals that are highly skilled and highly talented. And, and we, we get along as a team. It's, it's, we really kind of work together and just look out for each other and really work the whole business as a team. So I'll explain the team in the order of what a lead would kind of go through or a client goes through in our process. So we have a, a lead coordinator slash junior underwriter is what we call her. Her name is Charlene, and, and she's been with us just for a couple of months now. Um, this was a new position that we opened up a couple of months ago. And so her kind of job on the team is to basically talk to the lead right from the start and uh, convert that lead into an applicant by having them send us their consent, assuming that you know it sounds like something we can do. And then once she gets that consent, she would then call the client and take an application over the phone. And so that's kind of her specialty up to that point. So Okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask questions as you go along. I've been writing them down. So my head's down. I swear to you, I'm not on my Facebook, like updating right. my status. Hey, talking to Kurt Henry, what's up? <laughs> I'm actually like writing down questions so that I don't forget to ask you because I have ADD. So yeah. um, your lead coordinator, now, is she licensed or unlicensed? She's licensed licensed and how how much time did you take to train because this is a pretty critical role I, I've talked to people in our industry who are like you would be insane to let someone else do that initial contact with a lead but so how like how much time did you spend a how did you find her and then how did you train her so we have basically kind of an eight-week training program that we would take her through and that program there's a number of different elements to it so we take her through that program for eight weeks and she kind of sits down with everybody on the team and, and she's observing a lot. And then, and then we'll have her uh, do certain pieces of what she's now doing full time. Uh, she would do a little bit at a time. And yeah, so I'm not sure if that answers your question. Okay. So yeah, it does, but that always gives me another question. So my next question is, did you come up with this eight week program yourself? Like where did this, this is yeah. Yeah, I ether, just, like, yeah. It's, so it's basically a, a, a weekly, program on where we want her to be at and I and I've done this with everybody on the team is it because it gives the, the person being new to the team it gives them um, kind of some direction on what they should be focused on you know on a weekly basis during that training period so it's yeah it's just a matter of you know making the weekly schedule on okay this is you know what you should be focusing on at on each week and and where you should be at that kind of schedule helps me and the rest of our team try to bring that person to be fully trained, you know, so the schedule just kind of keeps everybody accountable to bringing that person where, where they want to be and where we want them to be. Okay. And then what about in terms of training for the role of handling that initial call? So how did you do that? What did you do there? So up to a couple of months ago, I was the one that would talk to the lead at the beginning and it was getting to the point where it was just, there was just too many leads that were coming in where 
where I wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to call them back as quick as I wanted to. And so, you know, it got to the point where a lead coordinator was an important piece that we needed to have. So we really simplified that initial call. I think sometimes people do try to do too much, like mortgage people tend to do too much on the initial call uh, without having any information. So we simplify that call to be basically, hey, Joe, it's Kurt Henry at the Mortgage Center. I got your information from, you know, whoever who, who had referred you to us. So that part of it can, you know, Charlene basically says, hey, Joe, it's, it's Charlene calling. I work with Kurt Henry and, you know, I know that you were referred to us by so-and-so. We understand that you're looking to, to buy a house, for example. And then Joe will say something like, yep, yeah, well, I'm looking to buy a house, just, you know, want a pre-approval, been shopping around, whatever. And then, you know, the response to something like that would be, okay, one of the first steps for us is just to get some information from you. And uh, in order to do that, we have a form here that we need you to fill out. And so, you know, we could email that to you or you can fill it out on our website. And then once we get that back from you, we're going to give you a call back just to get some details over the phone so that we can go through some options. So basically anything like... So how long is that initial call? It's normally, uh, say, two to three to four minutes, depending on how much detail the client gives. Uh, and how on. some people like to talk more than others. So they'll yeah. be like, oh, yeah. you know, okay. So sorry if I asked a lot, like my brain is just firing. So I'm like, I got so many questions I'm going to ask you. Okay, no so the, um, the lead coordinator will get them to sign a consent form. They send it back. And then the next step in the process is that lead coordinator will take an application over the phone. And so how, a question I have on when leads come in, how quick are you guys responding to them? So lead gets referred to you guys, how fast do you guys have some service level agreement or some thing that you're aiming to, to hit on lead follow-up for that initial contact? Yeah. So, well, we don't have any uh, formal service agreement type thing, but uh, the idea is that we call the lead right away. So, you know, if we're on the phone and a lead comes in, then yeah, they're going to have to leave a message and we'll call them back when we're not on the phone. But the idea is that they're not having to wait for, you know, hours to get a call back. We do want to call those leads right away because we know that there's not anything preventing them from calling somebody else just as quick. Right. So what do you think on it? You think it's 30 minutes or less on average? You guys are like usually getting. Yeah. Like even within an hour, I think is, yeah. is pretty reasonable for now. Keep in mind, like our leads are a lot of them might be referred by somebody or a client referral or like a repeat client. So they're not necessarily internet leads that we have to call them back in two Right, minutes. like you got two minutes and it's like deals, like it's dead. Okay, yeah. so they're referred. Okay, so just another question on that. Like how many leads approximately do you think are coming in per month that you guys are like uh, having to manage? In our busy months, like so these months, I guess of the year where I think this month we were looking for 90 leads uh, this month and last couple months was probably 80, 85 leads, something like that. Okay. I think I asked all my questions about the lead coordinator. Is there anything else about the lead coordinator role that you think is important that I didn't ask? Uh, it just needs to be somebody that's, that can get along with the team really well. And, and we've been really lucky with Charlene. She, uh, she definitely is a great asset to the team and just, you know, a good team member. Like, like she's a team player and, and just like everybody else is, and it makes a big difference. Is the process typically she'll send the consent. If somebody's like, hey, they do it right away, will she book that to do that call to do the app that same day or is like, what's that look like? So yeah, she'll get the, them to send the consent. So then if they, they don't typically send the consent like 
within an hour type thing. They normally send it like later that day or later that night or maybe tomorrow. So the idea is if if she gets any application consents that come in before two o'clock, then she's going to try to call those people to take the application over the phone that day. Mm -hmm. um, anything that comes in after two o'clock, then it often will will set the expectation for the client that that call will like, likely happen tomorrow. Okay. And then how long does it take? What is her typical time process for taking that app, the phone app? It could be 15, 20 minutes. It could be 30 to 40 minutes, depending on complexity. On, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And is there anything in particular that, that she, you like that you have coached her on to do during that app phase that is that you feel is important? There's, there's a lot of different things and, and um, she's actually doing really well with taking those applications and, we just had a meeting today where sometimes we can spend less time trying to input like the ID or something in, into, you know, Phylogix and more time on, on other parts that might be a little bit more important at that point in the transaction. So we're always tweaking things to improve the process constantly. Okay. So who's the next person in your process? So the next person is our meeting specialist. So Charlene, once she takes the application and, it, and assuming it looks like something that we can help the client with, then she'll schedule a meeting for the client to come in and meet with our meeting specialist. Her name is Jennifer. That's really when we're on like in show mode in the sense that when the client comes in for that initial meeting, we want them to feel really special. You know, when they come in, they're going to, we've kind of in our boardroom, we'll have like, you know, a couple of waters but with for them. We'll play a video for them on a, on a kind of a big screen TV, which basically just um, explains what our process is, who's on the team, what the team does, why it's beneficial for the client to go through this process and why the team is a benefit to the client. And that's a five minute video. And then Jennifer, the meeting specialist, will come in to the boardroom to bring the client over to her office. And at that point, Jennifer will take the client through basically an hour long consultation. And it's, it's for the most part, it's an education session. Okay. So the five minute video. So do you bring them into the boardroom? You say, Hey, just watch this video. And then Jennifer will be in shortly. Is that how you sort of set that up? Yeah. So when the client comes in, uh, Linda, our administrator at the front desk will bring the client to the boardroom to see, make themselves comfortable. And the idea is, is when they are walking in the boardroom, there's already, you know, a couple of cold waters sitting there for, for the client and, and, you know, just a couple of chocolates and a form there for them to fill out with a pen. And, and then, you know, Linda will say something like, you know, we're just going to play a quick video here for you just to uh, give you an idea of what to expect uh, in our, in our process. Okay. My other question I didn't ask, what's the handoff look like between, Charlene and Jennifer. So she takes the application. How does she hand off to Jennifer so that the client doesn't feel, Hey, who's, why is there like another, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So Charlene's uh, kind of script is, is that uh, she, she'll, she'll say to the client something like, okay, Joe, so now that I have the application, the next step is, is for us to schedule a meeting for you to come in and meet with us so that we can go through all your options. And then, Joe will say something like, okay, great. You know, and Charlene will say, okay, well, you know, what's your schedule like this week? And then it'll just be, Charlene will schedule the meeting into Jennifer's calendar, just on Charlene's computer there. 
and then Charlene will say, okay, when you come in, Jennifer is going to meet with you. Uh, Jennifer is our meeting specialist, and she's going to basically go through your your long-term financial goals. She's going to do a total cost analysis. And we just want to make sure that the mortgage that we arrange for you is the best mortgage to meet those long-term financial goals. So, so that's what Jennifer is going to go through with you uh, when you come in. Okay, so what if a customer says, Charlene takes the application, how come they don't say, what if they say, hey, how come you can't give me my options? What do you, what's your response to that? What's Charlene say? Charlene's response to that is just, well, my part in the process is to basically get the information and make sure it looks like there's something that we can do for you. When you come in, that's when we can really go through the options, just because there's a number of different strategies that we can look at determining what your options are going to be. Right. What, what percentage of your clients do you guys meet face-to-face? Um, I would say 99 to 100%. I mean, okay. it's a one-off if we don't, but the, the idea is that we meet with every one of them. So how do you track where a person's at? So let's say Charlene gets a lead and she follows up and maybe she can't get them on the phone right away. She finally gets the consent. Does she have a process to follow up with those leads? And then how do you know what program or what series, how do you keeping that from getting lost? Because I can see it's like, I do believe that the conveyor belt system is the most efficient. It's just a matter of like, you know, how do you make sure that nothing gets missed? Yeah. So uh, once Charlene talks with the lead, uh, she's going to make a schedule a note in our system, which comes up on my task list, uh, which says uh, contacted lead and whatever the next step is so that I can then update the referral partner on whatever the result of that was. So it's all on our on our system. We can see each other's task lists and uh, calendars. So is that like out? What are you using? Outlook or what progress? We Google? actually use Act, which uh, is certainly older now, but uh, but we customize Act to work for okay. what we need it for. All right, and then just out of curiosity, does uh, Charlene have a process for leads that come in? So you're getting ninety a month, but maybe. How does she know that she is it an act that she tracks that she these are leads that are still waiting for her to either get an app? You're either the decision point is going to be we're going to get an app and we can help you, or we're going to get an app and we can't. So does she have a way to make sure that she doesn't like lose any of those leads? Yeah. So she'll put the uh, the lead into our system right away, and then uh, if she has to leave a message for the lead, for example, today, then she'll schedule um, a call for for that lead uh, tomorrow, and, and the call will just say you know call lead mess left message June 20th. So then tomorrow that'll show up on her task list. Um, and then she'll call them again tomorrow. If she leaves another message, she'll put it to the next day uh, and call again the next day. So if it's a new lead, we want to call them every day for the first three days. And then we'll space it out to every other day after that, if we haven't received any call back from them. So she'll have those follow-up calls that she'll just keep putting the call forward uh, to the next call day. Okay. And all right. So the meeting specialist, she's educational, builds the rapport. What's the main goal of that meeting? And then what's the, what's the next thing that happens after that? Sorry that I'm going into process, but dude, you got a unique process and I love process. And um, I feel like your process is very scalable. I've seen others that are not as, it really relies on, I call it like the celebrity where it's like the, the celebrity mortgage person who's like, I can do everything. And that's great, but it, it doesn't scale like in a market, you know, where your mortgage size is small, you want to do a hundred million, you got to, you have to build a process. It's not a, yeah. the celebrity Kurt Henry that does everything right. That's right. It's impossible to do everything ourselves and uh, as an individual. So uh, yeah, 
So yeah, sorry, I'll go back to the question. The main goal yeah. of that meeting, that face-to-face meeting, and then what's the next step in the process? Right. So that meeting is all about education. So we want the client to be comfortable in whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. So we want to verify all the information on the application in that meeting, which isn't a big part of the meeting, but it's an important part. And then uh, Jen will basically go through educating. So if it's a first-time home buyer, for example, we're going to talk about, uh, Jennifer's going to talk about what term and amortization means, what closing costs are and, and what to expect there, what CMHC is and how that works. And then she's going to, like I say, just verify all the information in the, in the application. And then she's going to show the client on the screen uh, how qualifying works. So she'll just, you know, show GDS, TDS. Uh, we typically at that point when she's showing them what that means, they don't really understand until she then kind of brings it into their situation and says, okay, so, you know, in your case, uh, your debt payments are this. If you're looking for this mortgage amount, then this is your mortgage payment. Uh, If the property taxes are this and your income is this, then, you know, that ratio is at, you know, 43% and you have to be under 44%. So, you know, the numbers work that way. And then she'll just kind of show them, you know, if you change the property taxes or if you change your debt payments, or, you know, the different things. That right, right. I liken it to going to a mechanic who lifts the hood and shows you and says, hey, here's what this is, instead of just yeah. saying, hey, dude, trust me, you need a new flux capacitor, it's $4,000, and you're like, I don't even know what that is, where does it go? That's like, so I, I like that you you guys have a process of actually showing the customer so they can understand it, right? Because so, yeah. if they don't understand it, that's when they want to leave and get a second opinion. They're like, well, but when they when you open the hood and you're like, no, no, this, see how these things look, this is broken, and then or yeah. this is your limit, and then they're like, oh, okay. So then at the end of that meeting, so who stays in touch? And let's say it's a purchase, for instance, who stays yeah. on, in touch with them until the next stage is triggered? So at the end of that meeting, Jennifer will say, okay, we still need to get this and this and this from you. So you know whether it's pay stubs, employment letters, whatever she'll say that we still need to get these items and then they'll say when they can get those items to her. So Jennifer will follow up with the client on those documents until she gets them right after the meeting. So the day after that meeting, I'm going to call the client personally and I'll just say, you know, Hey Joe, it's Kurt Henry at the mortgage center. Just wanted to check in and see how your meeting went there with Jennifer uh, yesterday. Just want to see if you had any feedback on that meeting or any unanswered questions at all. And it's really kind of a a good touch point because clients really appreciate that. And it just typically goes very well. 99% of the time, everyone's really happy about that meeting because they just know more than what they knew when they came in. Right. Uh, So, yeah. Okay. So that was was one of my other questions is what do you do? What do you do exactly? Because you're like, so far I haven't seen you, Kurt. I haven't seen you in your process. (laughs) So, but you did mention that you'll update the referral source. So, once yeah. that first call is done, you'll reach out to them and say, hey, let you know. So that's great. That's important because you're, you're still the face of the business. And then you also do a call with each person who's done the face-to-face meeting. So somebody's in the face-to-face meeting bucket. They're collecting documents. They get an offer. Now what happens? So after the face-to-face meeting and Jen gets all those documents, then she's going to give that file. So, so assuming, let's say it's a pre-approval, for example, okay, or it's sure. a refinance then uh, she's going to give that file to our underwriter. And the underwriter is the next person in, in the process there. So, so our underwriter is, uh, her name is Carrie. She's also amazing. And uh, she will then take that file and submit it to the lender, whether it's a pre-approval or a refinance. 
or if it's a real deal for that matter, she'll submit it off for the approval. She's already got all the documents from Jen. So once she gets the approval, then the underwriter will engage our client efficiency coordinator into the process. And so I just want to make sure I'm not going too quick here. So, so the underwriter, once she gets the approval, uh, she will engage the client efficiency coordinator. Our client efficiency coordinator, her name is Tammy. She's also amazing. And, and Tammy will basically prepare documents for the clients to sign and order appraisals and send documents to lenders for carry and for the rest of the team. So that's kind of what happens there. And then the, the underwriter and the client efficiency coordinator will follow the file through until funding. Um, and that's kind of how that part works. Okay, a few more questions. During that stage, so the file's been submitted, are you having any communication with the client? Yes, yeah, so I was calling the client after the meeting. Uh, I, I call the client, like I said, and just ask if they had any feedback on that meeting or any unanswered questions. Uh, once we get the approval, then um, I'm going to be in touch with the client. Like if it's a real purchase, a real deal on a purchase, then often I'll be talking to the client, you know, just saying, okay, I need to get the purchase agreement so that we can get working on that final approval. So I'll kind of be in touch with the client and with a referral partner at that point. And then Carrie is as well. So who's the underwriter? So once the underwriter gets the approval and the client has signed all the paperwork, then the day after that, I will call the client again. And I'm going to say, you know, hey, Joe, it's Kurt Henry at the Mortgage Center. Just wanted to see if you had any feedback on uh, or any, sorry, unanswered questions or any concerns on this mortgage that we've got going for you at this point. And typically they'll say, no, no, Kurt, everything was great. Uh, You know, we really love uh, Carrie and everything's good there. So, so yeah, thank you so much. And then I'll say something like, okay, great. You know, one of the things we're trying to do is provide a five-star experience. Uh, would you say that we're on track for that? Or do you think we're falling short of that at all? And then uh, they'll give the response. Normally the answer is no, yeah, I have definitely five-star experience for sure. And then I'll say something like, okay, great. You know, appreciate that. And, uh, and by the way, would you be willing to share a review for us online? And uh, they'll typically say, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'd love to do that. So that's something we just started doing in the last six months, and uh, and it seems to be uh, going pretty well. Okay, so I want to I'm going to break this down to somebody listening to this because I, I kind of interrupted your flow a little bit. But so you have a lead coordinator, a lead comes in, gets a consent signed, then gets a, a phone app, and then hands it off to the meeting specialist, who then comes up with a plan, submits for the pre-approval, gets the documents. When that file goes live, underwriter takes it. And we'll deal with massage it, deal with any issues, have to switch lenders potentially, anything you have to do, right? So would that be correct? Yeah. Um, So just stop me if I'm, if I'm off on this. Um, And then uh, once that thing is approved and now it's a matter of like uploading documents to the lender portals or any of that, your efficiency coordinator is doing that job so that the underwriter can spend more time on the like more uh, technical problem solving of files. Is that correct? And then in between you jump into the file where you have strategic phone calls and how are we doing? Can you give us a review? What would you say your time commitment per file is that you spend per file that comes through this process? That's a tough question. I, I've never actually thought of it like that. It depends. Like, like I'll, I'll get involved if, if there's an issue on a deal, then, you know, um, that's where I'll spend more time on the file. But uh, often if I, the team kind of can do better with it than I can, uh, it's important that I don't get involved at certain points to 
to break the confidence with the client and the team member, whichever team member it is that the client's talking to at a certain point. Right. So you do have to be careful, right, of that? Because if you if you jump in yeah. too much, you're like a cook, or you're you're, you're breaking the truck. The customer then looks to you and says, "Well, uh, I want Kurt to help me because they keep jumping in instead of you have to trust your team." Exactly, and and mm-hmm. the reality is that I know that the client is going to be better taken care of if they follow the process. It's it's when a client wants to kind of um, skip steps in the process or not follow our process, that's really where the, the most problems come from. Satisfaction doesn't happen. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the issues arise. Right. Okay. So you don't have a clue. Like, would you spend, just, I'm just looking for on a smooth file. Would you spend about an hour between all those phone calls? Would it be, I'm just trying to get a, a rough idea uh, of it. Uh, it might be, uh, it could be, could be an hour, could be less. Could be right. more, I guess. Sorry. I'm right. Not- yeah. You're going to always have a few that'll create like most of your work, but on that, yeah. if it's a smooth file and the clients are happy with the, your job is to just basically make sure that the, everything's just moving along. And yeah. so if you do find a problem, do you solve it or do you get your, just so again, how do you not break the trust of the team member? So you find something and you're like, oh crap, what do you do? So that, so that you continue to build trust for the client and the team member. It's kind of case by case, I find. So so for the most part, the team member can just deal with it. As long as they know that there is an issue, then they have more than the ability to just deal with whatever that issue is. If, if for some reason that's not the case, then the team members always know that I can, you know, jump in if I need to or if they need me to. It just doesn't, it rarely happens that way. So I, I I end up getting like on my daily task list. I'll end up getting a lot of update referral partner calls, uh, mm-hmm. which are from the lead coordinator, from the meeting specialist, and from the underwriter. I'll be kind of involved in the files, but kind of behind the scenes uh, with clients because I, I need to kind of know what's going on with the files in order to update the referral partners. But I am getting a, a lot of those kind of tasks being put onto my list. That makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're part of your, one of your big roles. Okay. So this is fantastic, by the way. I love your process. And so where do you get, where do the leads come from? So you've got, a, obviously you got a machine, you've built this conveyor belt and everybody knows their role and you guys support each other and you care for each other and you care for your clients. So, but where, where are you able to generate enough leads so that you can actually build a machine instead of just a single person doing everything? Yeah, so the majority of our of our deals are realtor referrals or client referrals or repeat clients. Uh, one of my major functions on our team is to generate the leads and to um, relationship build with our business partners or referral partners. The reason to have uh, the team or one of the main reasons to have the team is to allow for me to be able to generate or focus on relationship building with business partners. The problem is if, if, if somebody is just doing mortgages, it's hard to get more, more leads because they're just doing mortgages all day, uh, every day. So the idea is uh, for us is that I, I can be out there kind of relationship building with clients and with referral partners. And I can do that because of, the fact that the team can can take care of a lot of the processing. Right. Okay. And so just out of curiosity, you said three main was realtor referral, uh, repeat, and then like client referral. So what was the percent approximately of the breakdown of that? What you'd say? Let me just think here. So last year, I think it was 60% of our deals were client referrals and repeat clients. And I think it was uh, 
30% was realtor referrals, and then 10% was other, like miscellaneous internet leads, you know, different types of things. Right. Okay. So how do you find, because this, the great part about this kind of system is it can scale. And if you want to go to 400 loans, you know, provided you can get the leads in and you have, you maybe add another team member or two or something, but where do you find people? Because that seems to be a challenge for a lot of, you know, maybe the person who's got one assistant or maybe they don't have any, like, how did you find these awesome people? Uh, you mean like team members or yeah. referral partners? Your team members. So when you, you hired Charlene recently, what was your process to go find her to put her on your team? So we've done it different ways in the past. Like we'll, we'll send uh, a job posting out to our entire database. And then uh, that includes our clients, our referral partners. Anybody in our database would get a job posting when we put it out there. We also have hired an HR a lot of times there might be a, a local HR company that can do, you know, some of that. So they'll put the posting out and they'll even uh, sometimes pre-screen a potential candidate over the phone before I would say call the, the candidate. So, so typically they would pre-screen them, then I would call the candidate and then I would kind of ask them some questions, kind of like a phone interview. And then from there, uh, if, if it seems okay, then we would bring them in for an interview. And then in, the, in their interview, there's a few specific things that we like to do just based on what we've learned in the past. Did you want like, me to can you give me an example? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing is, is we'll, uh, I'll ask them some mortgage-specific questions just to see what their mortgage knowledge is. So I'll say things like, can you explain to me what GDS, TDS means? Can you explain to me what uh, loan-to-value means? And then I'll... I'll kind of give a scenario just to see if we can have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I'll say, uh, can you explain to me what CMHC is and how that works? You know, so just stuff that they really should know if they do have any mortgage experience. And then another part of it is, is we'll say, I'll say, okay, can you, um, I, I'm going to spin my computer over to you for a second, and then I'm going to read a paragraph. And I just want them to type uh, the paragraph out as I read it to them. And, it's, and the point to that is just to see that they can actually operate a computer and, and they can type because if somebody's kind of typing like this. Yeah, they're going to be, it's going to be a detriment. And it's not going to be any fun for them. They're just going right. to be overwhelmed uh, when they're on the team. It's like having a hockey player on your team who can't skate, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's yeah. like, oh, you, you need to be able to skate. Then I can put you on my team and we can run our plays. And, but if you yeah. can't skate, then I really can't work with you. And it's almost in, in their benefit more because nobody's going to have fun at their job if they, if they just can't keep up, if they right. don't have computer skills. So I hired a sales guy once. He's a wonderful guy. He's great with people. And I didn't even consider to check his computer skills. And I was like, holy crap. They were, they were like, it, it would yeah. take him, you know, an hour to fill out a simple thing. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even. So you obviously didn't start out this way what did your business look like in your first couple of years? Because somebody listening to this is like, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Kurt, you can do that. You get, you know, 90 leads in a month, but you must've started out. I assume like, what did that, how did you get to there? What was your, what was the yep. first year to like? So for me, the first year, so, so my dad, uh, Randy was actually in the mortgage business in the mortgage broker business uh, while I was at the bank. And uh, then we ended up working in the same office kind of separate. Like we were doing our own business. And then we started working together. So at that time, it, it was really the two of us uh, and our administrative assistant that was kind of working in the office. And uh, so 
so then uh, my dad has kind of retired uh, over the last while and we've just kind of expanded the team to handle tasks that need to be handled. Basically, whenever we hit a ceiling and we can't do any more with the time in a day, then I've kind of been taught that we need either uh, a new person or a new system to hit through that ceiling. So that's kind of how the team has evolved. It's just we've kind of hit these plateaus where either myself or somebody on the team is just totally, you know, at capacity and we, we need to punch through it. So then we have to find a team member or a system to make us be able to get through that ceiling. In my opinion, I think, you know, the first hire for somebody is an assistant, whether it's two or three hours a day, that's okay. But just an assistant is, or like an administrator is a, is the first hire. And then in my opinion, a second, the second hire is uh, like an underwriter. And then the third hire is a meeting specialist. And then again, the fourth hire is the uh, lead coordinator. Right. Okay. So I have a couple of questions. I have to be respectful of your time. I could honestly ask you questions for another hour. Um, But um, where did you learn how to put this together? Because I have, I've looked at, you know, I want to say I've done about 180 interviews. Your structure is unique. I haven't seen anything quite I've seen close. There's a couple guys that have similar systems. So where did you come up with this? Uh, that was my first question. And my second question, I don't remember, but I'll look through my notes and I'll come back to it. So you, you go, give me the, if you can give me the answer, that would be great. Most of it, I guess we've kind of created over time, but we've all always gotten different ideas. I've gone to a number of different conferences and I always have done that uh, just to try to get different ideas from high producers. Normally I tend to like to go to a lot of conferences in the U S as well, um, just because I find that there's um, sometimes ideas down there that that I don't necessarily kind of see up here. So, so just in January, I started a coaching program with uh, with Todd Duncan as well. So Todd Duncan has kind of an elite group there. I think there's about 20 of us that are in that group this year, and so we just get together uh, four or five times during the year and talk about what everyone's doing to kind of make the client so, experience but that's how you're better. that's how you're getting to the next level but you didn't do that to get to the level you're at like you, you no you didn't right. like that's now a new thing i know what i was going to ask sorry what i wanted to ask you is so how many hours are you working a week like what's your week look like for hours so our team works monday to friday we don't work on weekends you don't get me wrong like if somebody calls me on the weekend on my cell phone i'll i'll probably talk to them type thing but we're not in the office working on the weekends but during the day, our, for me personally, I'll get in the office around 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. And uh, then I'll just kind of do some emails, some phone calls uh, up until 9 o'clock. Right at 9 o'clock, 9 until 11, I'm doing phone calls. And nobody can really get me at that time. Um, and those phone calls are a number of different calls that I'll be making. And then the idea is from, you know, 11 till 5 or 6 type thing, I'm, I can be in growth mode on working on the business and, and just touching base with clients, make sure that, that our referral partners are happy and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, I'm going to have to have you back on for another episode at some point, if you're cool with it, because we only just scratched the surface of your team and some of your process, but I know there's a whole bunch more that I'd love to dive into. So if you'd be cool with it, I'll reach out to you and um, get you back. I know that people are going to listen to this and go, holy crap, this is exactly how I want to structure my business. And because it this works, I mean, you guys, you have, 
you know, there's some people that don't meet their clients at all. And so there's, you know, there's ways to implement some of what you've done though, even if you're not doing a face-to-face meeting. So dude, thank you so much for your time. Anything at last that I should have asked you or that you think our audience would, would love to, to know? I think, uh, well, I just want to point out as well that I think I've mentioned that we have our administrator. Uh, her name is Linda at the front desk here. And, and uh, she's a big part of the office and just making sure we're all on track. And, and she's kind of the chief of our first impressions. Of she's the glue. She kind of holds, she's the person exactly. that sort of kind of can go, go between and hold everything together. That's right. And then we also have Kim, uh, who's our social media marketing specialist. She's actually my wife as well. And so Kim joined us about a year ago on our team. And so it's been a huge uh, impact having her just be able to do a lot of social media marketing and design type work just to make sure that anything that we're sending out to our referral partners or clients, uh, it can, you know, look polished and, and professional. It just makes a big difference. And it's hard to fire uh, Kim because it makes for, you know, <laughs> she can quit. Like uh, my wife worked for me for like one time. She quit after three days the last time I heard her. Um, yeah. But that was her choice, not mine. Yeah. And um, so, dude, it's awesome to get to meet you. I'd love to meet you some point at a conference. And um, I'm going to reach out to you about doing a part two with you because we just scratched the surface on some of the stuff that you shared. And uh, it was really valuable. So thanks so much, man. All right, Scott. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.